Black Wall Street Chronicles, and we're back at it again. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Today we have a very special episode. Um, Apparently Robert Kelly has been sentenced for 30 years in jail. Uh, This is uh, the end of a great R&B singer's career. Uh, He is an R&B singer. Even though he is a great R&B singer, he's been convicted for sex trafficking and uh, racketeering. Uh, I have tremendous empathy for the victims. If you're a fan of R. Kelly and you still want to listen to his music, I'm not judging you either. He's a great artist. But any of you that defends R. Kelly and say that this is wrong... You worship celebrity culture a little bit too much, and I question your ethics and your morality. I'm still going to listen to his music, even though I know that he deserves to go to jail, and I'm not even going to even defend him. Now, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about his career. I'm going to talk about all the accomplishments that he has done. And I will talk about all of the victims that he has assaulted and harmed. If you want more information, you can basically look at the R. Kelly documentaries for more info. Now, Robert Sylvester Kelly, which is his full name, was born January 8th, 1967. He's an American singer, songwriter, record producer, and convicted sex offender. As a recording artist, Kelly was credited with helping to redefine R&B and hip-hop, early nicknames such as the King of R&B, the King of Pop Soul, and the Pie Piper of R&B. He is known for his extensive discography of hits spanning three decades. He has sold over 75 million records worldwide, which made him the most successful male R&B artist of the 1990s, one of the most world's best-selling music artists. He has won three Grammy Awards for his song, I Believe I Can Fly. He has written, produced, and remixed songs, singles, and albums for several artists, including Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone 4, which he has, was nominated for a Grammy. Throughout his career, Kelly has been repeatedly accused of sexual abuse of one of young adults and minors. He has faced multiple civil suits and was indicted by the criminal courts in Chicago, New York, Illinois, and Minnesota. He has repeatedly denied the charges. In 1994, he was illegally married to his underage protege, Aaliyah. In 2002, he was indicted but eventually acquitted on 21 counts of making child pornography. Yikes. In January 2019, a Lifetime television documentary series, Surviving R. Kelly, helped resurface the scandal. Under pressure for the R. Kelly movement, RCA Records terminated Kelly's contract with the label. In 2019, several jurisdictions built criminal cases against Kelly, and grand juries brought indictment in both federal and state courts. In 2021, the United States Attorney for the Eastern District of New York tried and won the first criminal conviction against Kelly for a sex offense, which the jury finding Kelly guilty of the total nine criminal counts, including violations of the Mann Act and racketeering. On June 29, 2022, Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Kelly continues to challenge his New York conviction.
As of June 2022, Kelly is scheduled to face another trial in the Northern District of Illinois alongside his former employees. The indictment alleges Kelly both produced child sexual abuse material and conspired with employees to corruptly win his 2008 acquittal. The trial is scheduled to begin on August 15, 2022. Let's talk about uh, R. Kelly's early life. Robert Sylvester Kelly was born in Chicago Lion Hospital in the Hyde Park neighborhood on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. On January 8, 1967, he has three half-siblings, an older sister and brother alongside with a younger brother. His mother, Joanne Kelly, was a school teacher and a devout Baptist. She was born in Arkansas. The identity of his father, who was absent for Kelly's life, is not known. His family lived in the Ida B. Wells Homes Public Housing Project in Chicago, Bronzeville neighborhood. Around the same time, five years old, Kelly's mother married his stepfather, Ludacris, Lucius, excuse me, who repeatedly worked for an airline. Kelly began singing in the church choir at age eight. Kelly said the members of his household would act differently when his mother and grandparents were not home. From ages eight to 14, he was sexually abused by an older female family member. Kelly's younger brother, Casey, stated he suffered from years of sexual abuse at the hands of his older sister, Teresa, who was entrusted with babysitting her siblings. Kaylee stated that although their older brother was spared and allowed to play outside, both he and Kelly were punished at separate times indoors by Teresa, who refused to acknowledge the abuse when confronted years later. Explaining why he never told anyone, Kelly wrote in his 2012 autobiography Soul Coast that he was too afraid and too ashamed. Around 10, Kelly was also sexually abused by an older male who was a friend of the family. In his autobiography, Kelly described being shot in the shoulder at age 11 by boys who attempted to steal his bike. Although a family friend later stated that Kelly had shot himself while attempting suicide. In September 1980, Kelly entered Kenwood Academy in Chicago's Hyde Park neighborhood, where he met music teacher Lenny McGlynn, who ensured Kelly to perform the CV1 classic Ribbon in the Sky in his high school challenge show. A shy Kelly put on sunglasses, who was escorted on the stage, sang the song and won first prize. McGlynn encouraged Kelly to leave the high school basketball team and concentrate on the music. She said he was furious at first, but after his performance in the talent show, he had changed his mind. Kelly was diagnosed with dyslexia, which left him unable to read and write. Kelly dropped out of high school after attending Kenwin Academy for one year. He became performing in a subway under the Chicago L-Tracks. In his youth, Kelly played basketball with Illinois State Champion basketball player Ben Wilson. And later said it's hard to say goodbye to yesterday at Wilson's funeral. Let's talk about his career. Born into the 90s, 12 playing R. Kelly. MGM, Musically Gifted Men and Mentally Gifted Men, was formed in 1989 with Robert Kelly, Mark McWilliams, Vincent Walker, and Sean Brooks. In 1990, MGM recorded and released one single. 
you want to play with me after the release, the group disbanded. Kelly received national recognition in 1989 when MGM participated on the talent TV show Big Break, hosted by Natalie Cole. After MGA performed All My Love, which will become a demo for Kelly's song She's Got the Vibe, the group went in to win the $100,000 grand prize. In 1991, Kelly signed with Drive Records. Kelly's debut into the album Born Into the 90s was released in early 1992. Creditors R. Kelly and Public Announcement. The album released through the new Jack Swing period of the 1990s, yielding the R&B She's Got That Vibe, Honey Love, Dedicated, and Slow Dance, Hey Mr. DJ, with Kelly singing the lead vocals. During the late 1992, Kelly and Public Announcement embarked on a tour called 60653 after the zip code of their Chicago neighborhood. This would be the only album co-created with Public Announcement. Kelly separated the group in January 1993. Kelly's first solo album, 12 Play, was released on November 9, 1993 and yielding the singer's first number one hit, Bump and Grind which spins a record-breaking 12 weeks at number one to the Billboard's hot R&B singles charts. Subsequent hit singles, Your Body's Calling and Sex Me, both sold 500,000 copies in the United States and were certified gold by the RAIAA. In 1994, 12th Play was certified gold by the RIAA, eventually going six times platinum. In 1995, Kelly garnered his first Grammy nominations to for writing, producing, and composing Michael Jackson's last number one hit, You Are Not Alone. Kelly's success continued with the November 14, 1995 release of R. Kelly, his if Phonia's second studio album, Critics plays him for his departure for salacious bedroom songs to embrace his vulnerability. New York Times contributor Stephen Holder describes Kelly as the ringing king of pop soul sex talk a lot tougher than Barry Wright. The father of such fluff pillow, pillow talk and along with Marvin Gaves and Donnie Hathaway, both major influences to Kelly. Also in December 1995, Professor Mike, uh, Michael Eric Dyson critiques Kelly's self-entitled album, R. Kelly for Vibe. Dyson describes Kelly's growth for the 12th play album. Kelly reshapes the personal turmoil to artistic benefit and noted that Kelly is reborn before our own very ears. The album reached number one on the Billboard 200 chart becoming Kelly's first number one album on the chart and reached number one on the R&B album charts, the second. The R. Kelly album spawned three platinum hit singles, You Remind Me of Something, I Can't Sleep Baby, Down Low, a duet with Ronald Owsley. Kelly's self-entitled sold four million copies receiving four-time platinum certification from the RIAA. He promoted the album with a 50-city download, Top Secret 2 with LL Cool J, Escape, and Solo. 
On November 26, 1996, Kelly released I Can't Believe I Can Fly, an inspirational song originally released on the soundtrack for the film Space Jam. I Believe I Can Fly reached number two on the Billboard's Hot 100 and number one on the UK charts for three weeks and won three Grammy Awards in 1998. In that same year, he contributed to Freak Tonight and the Thin Line Between Love and Hate soundtrack. to 2001, BasketballRTP2.com and Rockland Records. In 1997, Kevin signed a contract to play professional basketball with the Atlantic City Seagulls of the USBL. He won the number 12 in honor of his album 12 Play. Kelly said, I love basketball enough to not totally let go of music, but just to put it to the side for a minute and fulfill some dreams of mine that I had for a long time. Kelly's USBL contract contained a clause that would allow him to refill a music obligation when necessary. If Whitten Houston needed a song written send Ken Gross, the Seagulls owner who signed Kelly, he would be able to leave the team to do that and come back. It wasn't a gimmick, Gross continued. He's a ball player, he can play. In 1998, Kelly wrote and produced a debut album of another protege, Sparkle which was released under his Rockland label and distributed through Interscope. In 2000, Sparkle went platinum part and due to the success of the first single, Be Careful, a duet with Kelly. On November 17, 1998, Kelly released his fourth studio album and the first double album, R. Musically, the album spans different genres from pop, street rap, to blues, to Jay Hushka of the New York New Los Angeles Times described the album as the easily most ambitious project of his career. In 2000, Kelly received multiple awards reflecting his status as an established R&B superstar. In January 2000, he won Favorite Male Soul R&B Artist of the American Music Awards in February and was nominated for several Grammy Awards, including Best um, Male R&B Vocal Performance. When a woman's fed up, best R&B album and best rap performance for a duo or group with P. Diddy. On November 2000, Kelly released his fifth studio album, T.com, a project aligned with his big duo album, 12th Playing. Like R. Kelly, all of his songs, TP2.com, was written, arranged, and produced by Kelly. All music, Jason's Birchmere gave TP2.com four stars and stated, Kelly knows how to take proven formulas and funded them to his own stylistic aesthetic, which usually meaning slowing down the tempo, laying on the lush choruses of strings and background vocals, taming down the lyrics for a radio, and catering to his pitch primary to Wistful Woman. In 2001, Kelly won the Outstanding Achievement Award. At the Music at the Black Origin for Mobile Awards and Billboard Magazine ranked 2B2.com number 94 on the magazine's top 2,000 albums of the decade. Kelly's songs, The World Greatest for the soundtrack to the 2001 Ali film was a hit. The world's greatest, I'm that little bit of hope in my back against the road. I remember that song. 
1998, Kelly launched his own label, the Interscope Records Distributed Rockland Records. The label's rosters included Sparkle, Boo, and Gotti, Talent, Vegas, Cats, Lady, Frankie, Secret Reverend, and Rebecca F. Same year, the label's first artist, Sparkle, released her own felonious debut album, in addition to producing and writing the project. Kelly made vocal contributions to the hit Be Careful, and the album was certified platinum in December 2000. In 1999, he wrote and produced the soundtrack to Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy's movie Life, which features tracks from Casey and JoJo, Maxwell, Maya, and Destiny's Child. The soundtrack was released on the Rockland label. The Best of Both Worlds and Chocolate Factory. January 24, 2002, at a press conference announcing the Best of Both Worlds competition compilation, celebrities such as Johnny Cochran, Russell Wilson, and Luther Vandross and Sean Combs praised the album, with Jay-Z stating that he hoped for the collaboration represents more unity for black people as a whole. MTV Shaheem Reed told, if Jay and Kelly can put their egos to the sound long enough to rap them and promote their album, their labels, Def Jam and Jive, respectively, can figure out a way to join forces and make that other together. On February 8, 2002, Kelly performed at the closest ceremony of the 2002 Winter Olympics. At the same time, a new scandal broke of a sex tape that appeared Kelly with an underage girl. When the joint album leaked on February 22, 2002, it caused the label Rockefeller to modify the album release date in March. Jay-Z's expressed frustration album about the leak to MTV News is a gift and a curse. It's an honor that everybody wants your music fast more than the other thing. It's another thing when the music gets out before you want to, because that's your art. You feel attached to it. You feel a certain way and you want people to go out and support it. The time you take is a little piece of your life. You take parts of the life and you put it on these records and then for it to go to be traded and move around. It's frustrating. The Best of Both Worlds album sold 280,000 copies in its open week and debuted at number two the Billboard 200. It was a critical and commercial disappointment. In May 2002, Kelly's initial sixth studio album, Loveland, leaked and was delayed to release in November. Kelly restructured the album, which was later packaged as a deluxe edition bonus disc of now renamed Chocolate Factory. In October of that year, Kelly released a remix to his signal Ignition. It charted a number two on the Billboard Hot 100. February 18, 2003, Kelly released the album Chocolate Factory and it debuted at number one in Billboard 200, ending the first two weeks of Magic 50 Cent Get Rich or Die Trying. It showed 532,000 copies in the first week. The album was so supported that its fellow single Snake and the recent remix to Step in the Name of Love, the latter of which peaked at number one in Hot 100. Later that year, September, Kelly's first greatest hits albums, the R&B Connection Volume 1, 
was released in which included Doya Dong and two other previously unreleased songs. In 2004-2005, Unfinished Business, Happy People, You Saved Me, and TP Reloaded. In the mid-2003 and early 2004, Kelly began on a double CD album on Unhappy Tracks and another with Inspirational Tracks, the double album, Happy People Save Me, which was released on August 24, 2004. It debuted in the number two on the Billboard 200 with the first week sales of 264,000 copies. Both of the album's title tracks respectively perform underwhelmingly. Happy People charted at number 29 on the adult R&B song chart while You Save Me peaked at number, f- number 52 on the Billboard 100. Two months later, Kelly and Jay-Z reunite to release their second collaborative album, Unfinished Business. The album received criticism of with the pair's collaboration. It was also a commercial failure. Despite debuting at number one on Billboard 200, album production in its best of both worlds tour was plagued by tension between the stars. With Kelly reporting showing up late not to all the gigs, Kelly complained that the tour nights were not directed towards them and allegedly assaulted the tour's lightning director. Jay-Z eventually removed Kelly halfway through the tour after remembering Jay-Z's entourage pepper spray Kelly. Tyran Smith was charged with assault but took a P deal for disorderly conduct. Kelly bounced back commercially after appealing on Ja Rule's song Wonderful alongside Ashanti. Song charted number five on Billboard's Hot 100, topped the UK singles chart and went platinum in the summer of 2005. After finishing Happy People Save Me Unfinished Business in 2004, Kelly Arise TP3 Reloaded in July 2005. It became Kelly's fifth consecutive number one album in his career. TP3 Reloaded was heavily cross-promoted by the first five chapters of Kelly's hip opera, Trapped in the Closet. Double Up and Entitled Africa. In December 2006, Kelly built momentum for his eighth solo studio album, Double Up. After guest appearing on a Bow Wow's I'm a Flirt, three months later, Kelly's remix I'm a Flirt was released, but instead of Bow Wow, it features T.I. and T-Pain. On May 2009-2007, the album was released. It became Kelly's sixth and final album in his career to be number one in the Billboard 2000. Kelly's other singles from Double Up titled Same Girl, which was a duet at Kelly and Usher, and Rise Up was a tribute to the victims of the Virginia Tech shooting that occurred earlier in April, a month before the album was released. The song was previously released as a digital download on May 15, 2007. Proceeds were donated to the Hokie Spirit Memorial Fund to help the family members of the victims of the shootings. Kelly began this double up tour with Neo, Keisha Cole, and Jay Holiday opening up for him. After two shows, promoter Leonard Rowe had Neo reform the tour because of contract dispute. However, Neo alleges that the reason with the dropout was because Neo believes he received a better response for the critics and fans, even though he performed at just two shows. 
Neo filed a lawsuit against Roll Entertainment. Kelly was not mentioned in the lawsuit. In December 2007, Kelly failed to appear at another preliminary court hearing on this case due to a tour bus being held up in Utah. The judge threatened to revoke Kelly's bond but eventually decided against it. In 2008, Kelly released a rap track, I'm a Beast, which he corrosively attacked his detractors, yet did not name the subject of the song. In 2008, before and after being acquitted on charges of producing child sexual abuse material, Billboard reported that Kelly had plans to release his newest album, 12th Play, Fourth Quarter, in the Billboard of that year. But the album was postponed. Billboard named Kelly among the most successful artists ever in his 50th anniversary list. In the spring, the promotional signal, The Hellbraider, peaked at number 56 on Billboard's R&B chart, and on July 28th, the entire album leaked on 9, causing the title to be scrapped. In February 2009, Kelly announced that he is working on a new album called Entitled, with the projected release date of September 29th, but has been delayed to December or June 20, 2009. He released his first mixtape, The Demo Tape, presented by DJ Ski and DJ Drama. Kelly headlined their next African Fashion Awards in Johannesburg, South Africa. On June 20, 2009, he performed in Cape Town, followed by Nigeria as part of the annual This Day Music and Fashion Festival in July. The same month he released number one featuring singer-songwriter Kerry Hilson. Then on December 1, Kelly's entitled My Solar album release. It charted on Billboard's 2000 at number four. More singles for the album include Echoes, Superman High, and Beam on number two. In January 2002, Kelly performed a couple in Uganda. I'm very excited for my first visit to Africa. I have dreamed for this for a long time and it's finally here, Kelly said in his statement. It will be one of my highlights of not only my career, but my life. I cannot wait to perform in front of my friends in Africa, who have been some of the best in the world. In 2010-2012, Epic Lug Level Throat Surgery and Write Me Back. Kelly performed at the 2010 FIFA World Cup opening ceremony on June 11, 2010. In an interview with the 2010 issue of XXL magazine, Kelly said he was working on three new albums, Epic Love Letter and Zodiac, which he described as remixing himself. Epic, a compilation filed with powerful ballads including The World's Greatest and Sign of Victory, only saw a European release on September 21, 2010. However, it also was for streaming worldwide. In November 2010, Kelly collaborated with seven African musicians, formed a supergroup known as One Ape. This group complained Two Face from Nigeria, Al Kiba from Tanzania, Congolese singer Fali Uptuta, Four Times Four for Ghana, hip hop artist Mazanavine for Gabon. Zambia's JK, Ugandan hip-hop star Nevado, and Kenya's Amani. The 
only female in the group. The first group released from the group was Hands Across the World, written and produced by R. Kelly. Kenny's 10th album Love Letter released on December 14, 2010. Included 15 song, one which was Kelly singing You Are Not Alone, a track Kelly originally wrote for Michael Jackson. The first single, When a Woman Loves, was nominated for a Grammy Best Traditional R&B Vocal Performance at the 53rd Grammy Awards. At the 2011 pre-Grammy Gala in Los Angeles, Kelly performed a melody of hits in March 2011. Kelly was named the number one R&B artist of the last 25 years of Billboard. In July 19, 2011, Kelly was admitted to the Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago to undergo emergency throat surgery to drain abscesses of one of his tonsils and was released on July 21, 2011. He canceled his performance at the Regis Sumfest in Jamaica that was scheduled for the following day. Johnny Cozon, Sumfex Productions executive producer, commented, We are only, we are truly going to miss his presence at the festival. On September 23, 2011, Verity confirmed that Kelly has signed on to be a write original music for the Sparkle soundtrack. In 2011, Kelly had worked with writer David Reese on an autobiography called entitled Soulcaster, The Diary of Me, which was later released in the summer of 2012. On October 7, 2011, after Sony RCA Music Group announced the cons- consideration of Jive, Arista, and J Records and RCA Records, Kelly was set to release music on the RCA brand. Following his throat surgery, Kelly released Shut Up to generally favor reviews, Spin Magazine said. Kelly taking aim at the haters who was washed up, he lost it, he hasn't. Deuce voices in the prior smooth R&B form. On December 21st, 2011, Kelly made a live appearance on the X Factor and gave his first performance after his surgery. Kelly revealed to Rolling Stone that he felt like he was just standing out and how his performance was a wake-up call for him. Kelly made a series of announcements, including a follow-up love letter to an album titled Write Me Back, which was released on June 26 to Little Fanfare. As the world is the third of swarmment of Trapped in the Closet and Single Ladies Tour featuring R&B singing Tamiya. In February 2012, Kelly produced I Look To You, a song he wrote for Whitney Houston and it was Houston's homegoing. In 2013, Kelly continued his Single Ladies Tour. He performed at the music festival across North America, including Bonnaroo, Pitchfork, and Macy Music Festival. On June 30, 2013, R. Kelly performed live at the BET Awards show, singing hits as well as his new track, My Story, featuring a Atlanta rapper, 2 Chains. His song was the lead single for Kelly's 12th studio album, Black Panties. Released on December 10, 2013, writing for New York Magazine, 
David Marchese stated that Black Panties was like a dare to the world after all he'd been accused of, avoiding conviction. Could R. Kelly still get away with making sexist music? In 2013, Kelly collaborated with several artists, including Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, and Jennifer Hudson. In an interview with Global Glide, he was described to follow up work with Celine Dion after the number one single, I Am Your Angel, from 1998. Kelly has worked with singer Mariah Carey for her album, The Art of Letting Go. Kelly co-wrote and sang on Lady Gaga's song, Do What You Want after her 2013 album Art Pop. Performed the duet on her Saturday Night Live on November 16, 2013. At the end of the 2013 American Music Awards, Do You What You Want have been removed from Steven services and re-releases Gaga's Art Pop album following sexual misconduct allegations against R. Kelly in 2019. He also collaborated with Birdman Little Wayne We Mean On a single to the, from the Cash Money compilation, Rich Game. He also appeared on Twister's first single on his new album, Dark Horse, on November 19, of November 17, 2013. Kelly and Justin Bieber did, debuted a collaboration entitled PYD. Compilation, Rich Game, he also appeared on Twister's first single, PYD, sorry. Um, uh, let me repeat that again. On November 17, 2013, Kelly and Justin Bieber debuted a collaboration entitled PYD. Kelly was featured on the soundtrack album of the film The Best Man Holiday with the song Christmas I'll Be Slipping. Kelly stated his intention to tour R&B singer Mary J. Blige, the King and Queen tour, prior to the Black Panties tour while continuing to make segments of the hip-hopra trapped in the closet. On July 2014, Kelly announced he was working on a house music album. In November 2015, Kelly released Switched Up featuring fellow Chicagoan Jeremiah and Lil Wayne, following Wake Up Everybody, Marching Band, Backyard Party. The following month, the album containing these singles. The Buffet was released and it charted poorly on Billboard's 2000 number 16 with first week sales of 39,000 album equivalent copies. The following year, after two and a half year delay, Kelly presented his only Christmas album, also his 14th and final studio album in his career, 12 Nights of Christmas, which was released on October 21st, 2016. Musical style and influences. Kelly music looked root in R&B, hip hop, and soul, and he was influenced by listening to his mother, Joanne Kelly, sing. She played records about Donnie Hathaway and Marvin Gaye, inspirations for Kelly. In reference to Hathaway, Kelly stated, a guy like Donnie Hathaway had a focused sexual texture in his voice that always wanted in mind. He had smooth, soulful tones, but he was spiritual at the time. In his autobiography, Kelly said that he was heavily influenced by Marvin Gaye's R&B Lafayette image. I had to make a baby make an album. If Marvin Gaye did it, I wanted to do it, Kelly said. While Kelly created a smooth, professional mixture in hip-hop beats, soul man crooning, and funk, 
The most distinctive element of his music was explicit sensuality. Sex mean bumping grind, your body's calling and feeling on your booty are considered to be examples as well as their productions were seductive enough to such blatant come-ons. Kelly crossover appear were also sustained by his development of a flair of pop balladry. Vocal style and lyrical themes. Writing for the New York Daily News in 1999, Nuno Desmasio stated with a voice that easily ships from booming baritone to seductive alto. Kelly has gained international celebrity by combining street rhyme rhythms with sexually explicit lyrics. Love and sex, the topics of majority of Kelly's lyrical content. Although he has written about a variety of themes such as inspiration and spirituality, Chicago Sun-Times reports Jane DeRogelis and Arbopolis observed without containing contrasting theme. The image he liked to project was that of an R&B thug, bringing the streetwise persona of a gangster rapper into more polite R&B world. Kelly Espressi writes from everyday experience and proves himself to be versatile. Larry Kong, senior vice president of Jive's Urban Marketing and Promotion, said that Kelly's musical compass is second to none. The Rogalese and Polichess reported that at the concert where Kelly would go from singing like a real freak to I wish. Many fans found these erupt ships between Transcendent and the Vino, the inspirational and the X-rated jarring. Sexual Abuse Allegations Kelly has repeatedly faced uh, allegations of sexual abuse that has resulted in multiple civil suits and criminal trials. I will talk about the sexual abuse accusations and then I'm going to give my opinion. Early reports of sexual abuse in December 2000, the Chicago Sun-Times first reported that police had made two investigations that Kelly was having sex with an underage female but had to drop the investigations due to lack of cooperation by the girls accusing him. A civil suit filed in 1996 by Tiffany Hawkins detailed allegations that starting in 1991, when she was the age of 15, Kelly had sex with her as an underage high school student, encouraged her to recruit her school friends, and pressured her into engaging in group sex and underage, underage girls. In 1998, Kelly settled the lawsuit with Hawkins for 250000 In 1992, Barry Hankerson introduced his niece, a promising young singer from Detroit, to Kelly when she was 12 years old. A witness later testified that Kelly had sexual contact with Aaliyah starting when she was 13 or 14 years old. Kelly wrote and produced Aaliyah's first album, Aging Nothing But a Number, in 1994. On August 31, 1994, Kelly, then 27, illegally married Aaliyah then 15 in a sexual ceremony in Cook County, Illinois. Cali's tour manager, Demetrius Smith, admitted that he facilitated the wedding by obtaining falsified identification for Aaliyah, which listed her as 18 years old, 
The marriage was annulled in February 1995 at the behest of Aaliyah's family by a Michigan judge. Kelly and Aaliyah both denied the marriage occurred that the relationship removed behind friendship. In May 1997, Aaliyah filed a lawsuit in Cook County to have the marriage record expunged, stating that she was underage at the time the marriage, had lied by signing the marriage certificate as an 18-year-old, and that she could not legally enter the marriage without parental consent. The expunged request was included by, in a lawsuit filed by Tis Tiffany Hawkins, who sought to use the marriage documents in her case against Kelly. Hawkins later accepted the settlement $250,000 for Kelly, subject to a confidentiality agreement in 1998. In 2019, federal prosecutors in the state of New York charged R. Kelly with bribery related to the 1994 purchase of a fake identification card for Aaliyah in order to obtain a marriage license. Kelly, through his lawyers, admitted in 2021 to had underage sexual contact with Aaliyah. Exposure of a child's sexual abuse material. On February 3rd, 2002, a video contains began circulating allegedly depicting Kelly's sexual abuse of a girl to be underage. This abuse included Kelly urinated on her. The abuse was released by an unknown source and sent by the Chicago Sun-Times. The publisher broke the story in February 8, 2002, the same day Delhi Kelly performed at the opening ceremony of the 2002 Winter Olympics. Kelly has said in interviews that he was not the man in the video. In 2002, Kelly was indicted in Chicago on 21 counts of child pornography. The same month on June 6, 2002, Kelly was arrested by Miami Police Department in Chicago, arrest warrant, and Florida vacation home. He was released in one night in jail, following the day after posting bail of $250,000. The alleged victim of the refused to testify in trial. And the Chicago jury found Kelly was not guilty on all 14 counts of child pornography in 2008. While investigating the photographs recording in the Chicago Sun-Times, Polk County Sheriff's Office conducted a search of Kelly's residence in Davenport, Florida. During the search, officer recovered 12 images of alleged underage girl in digital camera wrapped in a tablet in the duffel bag, which allegedly depicted Kelly involved in sexual conduct with a female minor. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, the girl images obtained for Kelly's Florida home also appear in the videotape, which got Kelly indicted in Chicago. Police investigators from Polk County and Miami-Dade County arrested for Kelly in January 22, 2003 at Miami's Windowgate Grand Bay Hotel in 12 counts of possession of child pornography. Kelly posted a bail of $12,000 bond and it was released three hours later from the Miami-Dade County Jail. In March 2004, these charges were dropped due to a lack of probable cause for search warrants. Alleged preteen girl molestation. In a divorce of court filing unsealed 2020, Kelly's former wife, Andrea, claims that R. Kelly was accused of molesting a preteen in 2009. 
In December 2015, Kelly appeared on Huffington Post Live in an interview with journalist Caroline Modisere Tarani. The interview was conducted so he could promote the release of his 13th solo album, The Buffet. During the interview, Modisere Tarani quizzed Kelly about the sexual abuse allegations being leveled against him and wanted to gauge his reaction. The resulted in Kelly growing angry and defensive. He continually shouted all the modesty to Ronnie and her whether she drank and threatened to leave to go to McDonald's. Kelly stormed out of the interview before it ended. This was one of the first occasions where Kelly was coercively asked about the allegations against him on a public platform. After Kelly's New York conviction in late September 2021, Modesty Tarani tweeted, now with the verdict, hopefully his survivors will get some peace and feel this justice. Alleged sex cult. Jim DeRuiz reported for BuzzFeed News on July 17, 2017, that Kelly was abused by three set of parents of holding their daughters in an abusive cult. Kelly and alleged victims denied the allegation. In March 2018, BBC World Service aired a documentary entitled R. Kelly Sex Girls and Videotapes, presented by reporter Ben Zan that explored the 2017 allegations. This was followed up by May with the BBC Three documentary R. Kelly Sex Scandal, which includes and includes interviews with the Savage family. Kelly was again accused of misconduct on April 17, 2018 by a former partner of his claimed to be Kelly intentionally infected with her sexually transmitted disease. A representative for Kelly stated that he categorically denies all claims and allegations. In January 2019 BBC News article, a woman named Ashanti McGee, who Kelly had met in 2014 and taken to life with some months later, said that the, she lived with not only Kelly alone, but with Ellen Woman. She said he controlled every aspect of my life while I moved with him. McGee later moved out on her own accord. Boycott and industry response. In May 2018, the Woman of Color branch of the Time's Up movement called for the boycott of Kelly's music and performances of the many allegations against them. Yeah. I'm going to end it there. I find it very interesting that everybody in the entertainment industry knew what was going on with R. Kelly and still work with him. Now they want to treat him like he's completely radioactive when in actuality it was a willing participant in his nonsense. Yeah, the entertainment industry is full of crap. This is Black Wall Street Chronicles. This is Jeffrey Frazier and I'm signing off. Thank you.